The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the life and faith of Joseph, the earthly stepfather of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were beginning to see some of the characteristics of this man that God chose to raise his only begotten son here on this earth. We continue looking at Joseph today, and we will see that ultimately he was a faithful man who obeyed God in this great task that he had been given. As I've already said, we sometimes gloss over the fact that these were real people, but we don't need to do that because the fact that they were real people just like us means that we can take encouragement from the way they lived their lives, even in the face of troubles and tribulations. Join us today as we conclude this sermon about the faith of Joseph. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. When I
Something else we see about Joseph is he was a family man. I know in our culture today, we like that, that guy that's independent, you know, that doesn't need anybody, that's tough. We like the John Waynes of the world, right? Everybody wants to be John Wayne. He didn't need anybody. He's going to do what he wanted to do. He was a loner out there. But, you know, that's not really what we're supposed to be, men. Even if we're not married, we're not supposed to be loners. We're, that's one reason he gave us the church. We're supposed to be part of this congregation. If you're a young single man or an old single man, for that matter, your purpose is not to go off and do your own thing no matter what. And nobody's going to tell me what to do. No, it's to be a part of a family if it's just the church. But Joseph here was a family man. Every time we read about Joseph, he's with his family. You know, over in chapter 2, we're told that he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. We're going to see that in a minute. That, he, that was important. God said, if you don't do this, they're going to take your life. They're seeking his life. Over in Luke chapter 2, when the, when the shepherds came to the, to the nativity scene, to the place, the stable there where the babe was lying in a manger, we're told they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Joseph wasn't out smoking a cigar with his buddies. He wasn't out taking care of guy things and letting Mary take care of girl things. He was part of that family. He, was a, he understood it was his responsibility. Men, it is your responsibility to lead your families. It is our, we are the spiritual leaders of our households. There's a reason God made it that way. And that doesn't mean we go out and make the money and bring home the bacon. And she raises the kids. So when I get home, I can sit down in my recliner and watch TV. You know, that's... Sounds like a pretty good gig to me, but that's just the problem is it's not the Bible gig. <laughs> that's not what Joseph did. He was always there. You know, we'll come back to this again, as I said, but later on in chapter 2, the account of when they left Jesus in Jerusalem, you know what happened? Joseph didn't send his son to church. He took him. Now, I know we're not talking about church there. But when the religious activity that he was commanded to do, when it was time to do it, he didn't just say, okay, we'll get on the temple bus and go down to the temple. He said, come on, Mary. Come on, Jesus. We are going to go down to the temple. He was a family man. He was a family man. You know, he was known for this character. I'm not going to turn back over there. You go back to the 13th chapter of Matthew, over there about verse 55 and 56, it tells you he's the son of the carpenter, the son of Mary, and he says, whose, whose sisters and brothers we know, and he named the brothers. You know, it wasn't, yeah, he's the son of the guy over there that moved off to Sephoris and did his work, and here's Mary raising him. No, Joseph was known for being part, it was, it was a family thing for him. It was a family thing. He was a family man. Now, lest we get too far into praising Joseph. Let's remember something else about Joseph. Joseph, was, he, was a real, he was a real character. He's a real man, but he was a regular sinner. He was a regular sinner like everybody. His father was Adam. He was a descendant of Adam just like the rest of us. 
Adam, we're told, lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image. That's over in Genesis chapter 5. And you know, you know what happened to that son that he begat in his own likeness and after his image? There's about 11 or 12 times in that chapter that it says, and he died. And he died. You know why he died? Because he was a sinner just like his father Adam. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. He was a son of Adam, and Joseph was just like that. He was a regular sinner, but he, was, he had an extraordinary faith. His faith was extraordinary. See, even being the sinner that he was, he was faithful nonetheless. Now, obviously, only because he'd been regenerated, because the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I think a vision from God is a thing of the Spirit of God. <laughs> he didn't receive that. He wouldn't have received that if he'd been a natural man. He's been born again already, and when we've been regenerated, we can be faithful. And in fact, it's required in us that we be faithful. He tells us we are to give, we are to, uh, give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And by the way, he says that's your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable for you to sacrifice your hopes and your dreams and your desires and your self-focus to serve God. That's not unreasonable. You know why it's not unreasonable? Because he sacrificed his life, left his home in glory, and came down and died for us. He gave his all. Why shouldn't we be willing to give our all? Now that understanding that's not going to get us to heaven it's because we're going to heaven you see his faith was extraordinary he was faithful to God's word look in look in Luke chapter 2 again verse 22 Luke chapter 2 and verse 22 when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. And he goes on to tell us what the law says. They didn't send him. They brought him to the house of worship. They did what they were required to do by the word of God. Verse 27. He came by the spirit in the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. His parents, including Joseph, they did what God required them to do. Verse 39, they had, when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord. They didn't just get up one morning and say, I think this would be a great idea. Let's take a, let's take a field trip to Jerusalem. They went down there because they were required to by the law of the Lord. And notice verse 41. I love this. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. This wasn't a fleeting obedience, a fleeting faithfulness. They went every year. They did every year what they were supposed to do. He was faithful to God's word. And by the way, that's what we're required to do, is to be faithful to God's word. He doesn't appear to us as in the form of angels or visions anymore. I'm not saying the Lord doesn't lead us. He leads us with impressions of our heart and different things like that. But you measure everything by the word of God. See, that's how he leads us now. But notice that he was faithful, not just to the word of God, but to the leading of God in his life. Going back to Matthew chapter 2 this time. Look at verse 13. When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, 
and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You know, think about Joseph. His life's already been kind of disrupted, right? I mean, he's got a wife who's already expecting a child before he uh, takes her to, his, to be his wife. And now, if that's not bad enough, he had to get up and leave Nazareth to go to Bethlehem because of this taxing. And by the way, that was a fulfillment of prophecy because Bethlehem was where Christ was to be born. And now God says, okay, buddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to get up and go again. And this time you're going to have to leave the very continent that you're on. They're on the continent of, you know, Jerusalem is and Judea is part of Asia, Asia Minor over there, the continent of Asia. You've got to go to Africa. You've got to go down there to Egypt and get away. And by the way, that also fulfills prophecy. Out of Egypt have I called my son. And he did that. And then in verse 19, it says, When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. God comes back to you know, I don't know how long they were down there, but I imagine they were kind of getting settled into life. You know, if God uproots you and takes you somewhere, then, you know, it's, it's you kind of, especially something that drastic, you kind of would have the idea of, well, surely the Lord won't require me to move anymore. <laughs> surely this is it, you know, but he comes back to him. And another dream says, arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. And then he says in verse 21, Joseph didn't question. He didn't second guess. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And he ended up in Nazareth up there. And by the way, all of these obedient acts of Joseph fulfilled the prophecies of God. Now, let's, I'm going to try to bring this to a close pretty quickly here. But the last thing that I want to mention to you about Joseph is, you know, he was a real man. He was a regular sinner. But he was a royal descendant. He was a royal descendant. He was the descendant of kings. The, he was of the lineage of David. Back over in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 1, we, it starts off, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Chapter 1 and verses 1 through 17 give us the pedigree of Joseph. It gives us his, his family tree. Now, you'll say, what about over in Luke chapter 3? Well, over in Luke chapter 3 and about verse 23, he gives us a different pedigree. It's a different lineage. But it's generally accepted, and I believe it's true, that that's Mary's side of the family. They were both of the same uh, line of, of Judah, okay? But here we see, I want you to notice, we see Joseph's side. And by the way, this pedigree fulfilled all kinds of prophecies. You remember when, when Jacob was about to die and he, he was giving a prophecy to all of his children there. And he said about Judah, he said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall be the gathering of the people. Now, I want you to notice that. What that means is this, is that from the time of Judah, there was going to be a king among his people all the way up to the time of Christ. Okay? Now, you say, well, wait a minute. There wasn't a king every time. No, he didn't. Not necessarily a king sitting on the throne, but there was going to be somebody who in the mind of God would be in that kingly line. 
you know, once they got to David, David became the king there of Judah, and um, and he had sons. And they, but from the point where Judah was, and particularly from where David was on down, there was somebody who, had they been able by political situation there to crown a king, that person would have been king. And I want you to notice that Joseph is that descendant. Joseph is that descendant. Notice all the heroes in his background. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, okay, Judah, Ruth even. I love the women that are named in here. We don't have time to go into that, but there's, there's five women named in this genealogy. And that wasn't normal in a Jewish genealogy. But all these, you know, David, Solomon, Hezekiah, Josiah, okay? And even Zerubbabel over in the book of Haggai who came back. He was in the lineage of Joseph was one of his descendants. And yet he was a man here of modest means. Remember what we said? He's a carpenter. He's a, he's a day laborer, so to speak subsisting there in the Roman province of Judea, pounding nails where his ancestors had performed mighty feats of faith and valor. Here stands Joseph, a king, had there been a throne for him to sit upon. And I wonder about Joseph sometimes. Did he sometimes have visions of grandeur? You know, they knew their genealogy. They knew their ancestry. That was important to the Jews can, can you see Joseph over there working in that city or some city somewhere pounding a nail or putting up a, you know, a piece of uh, stone into a, a pro, its proper place and, and, and sort of daydreaming about ruling a dominion like one of his ancestors had ruled? You know, I could be David. And David could look back and say, I mean, Joseph could look back and say, David sat on this throne here and here I am driving nails for a Roman taskmaster, so to speak. And then suddenly, in verse 20, while he thought on these things, I don't know what all he was thinking about, but I know he was thinking about his wife. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Now here is the place where the doubts and the fears could have taken over. This is the place where suddenly he's thrust into the unbelievable position of being the earthly stepfather to the very Son of God. I'm sure, as I said, maybe he had these visions of grandeur that I could have been the king. I could have. And then suddenly a more important task is put upon him. God sends Gabriel, I believe this was Gabriel, but whoever it was, it was an angel, and he says, you are going to raise my son. This is the point where the doubts and the misgivings and the fears could have taken over. I, you know, he could have just said, you know, I still don't believe it. I, I just don't believe it. Mary, Mary just was not faithful to me. I, I, I'm going to put her away. Uh, maybe he had fears about the social repercussions. You know, we talked about that Sunday night, about how all of her life, there were those who did not believe her story. And in fact, in the late 200s, we read about, um, uh, we heard about a Greek philosopher that accused her of having an affair with a Roman soldier. And that's how she became pregnant with Jesus. And in fact, the Jews, even in their Mishnah, which is their later writings, 
after the time of Christ, they called Jesus Yeshua, the son of Panthera, who was the name of the Roman soldier. To that day, even 200 years after his, after his death, burial, and resurrection, they still accused him of that. Can you imagine the fears, the rumors, the scandal, the ridicule that he knew would be coming? It's the moment of decision for Joseph. Do I answer the call or do I take the easy route and say, not for me, Lord? Well, we know what happened. He stepped up. He answered the call. He accepted the task. Now, I know you say, well, he didn't offer it to him. I, I, I know that. I'm not talking about God going out here and trying to find somebody that would work. He knew the right person. God knew he would do it. But you know, even when we're faced with a calling of God, we can resist. Even when we're told by God. You know, I resisted the call to preach for years. I ran from it. Jonah resisted it. And he ended up in a bad place. But Joseph embraced it. Joseph embraced it. He, was, he had been told explicitly that this was going to be the Christ child. And he embraced it. And I believe in his mind there were times when things would come into his mind about the prophecies that were being fulfilled, the evidences that this child was indeed the promised Messiah. I wonder when he was overwhelmed, if he went back to the Psalms and he read like in Psalm 61 in verse 1, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I wonder if he went back to Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1 where we, we love that verse there which says, now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. I wonder if he read the prophecies from Isaiah and Micah and other places. But whatever happened to him, we don't know. We just know that he stepped up. He was faithful. You know, ultimately, we don't read about Joseph much after the time when Jesus was 12, year, 12 years old in the temple. He probably, you know, tradition tells us that he died before the crucifixion. He probably did. By the time we get to the wedding at Cana of Galilee, Joseph is conspicuously absent. He's not there. So most likely he had, he had died. But in the end, it doesn't matter. In the end, it doesn't matter. What matters is that Joseph was a real man with real problems with real fears, with real struggles, and yet he was faithful to God's charge in his life. See, that's our goal here. Our goal is not to get to heaven. God made that our definite end. But our goal is to get there having discharged the duty that God laid upon us. We're not going to be the parent of the Christ child. We're not going to be the mother or father of Jesus. He's already come and he's coming back. But there's many things in our lives that we can take courage from looking at their lives, I believe. So hopefully we'll be encouraged by these real people who really lived and were faithful to God. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace.
If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.